you for coming back. This is The Human Resource, and my name is Pandy, and my guest today is Carl Ulrich. No, I would not let him leave the studio. He... <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't have dreamed of it. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we end up having to tape multiple shows in a single day. So that's why we were wearing the same clothes as last week. But, um, no, we, had, we really work together so well, and I thoroughly enjoy his company. So he made a good comment in one of our previous shows that kind of triggered me. And I said, oh, you're staying. You're going to do one more with me. And that was concerted activity. And I thought that might be a really good topic. I even had it come up here in this past week with a client. Sure. So I think your guidance and uh, expertise on this topic, it would be much, much appreciated. And the, the, the question is, what is concerted activity and why should our viewers and listeners understand that? Yeah, so let me take you back a little bit. The, the idea of concerted activity actually comes out of the National Labor Relations Act. There's a section called Section 7, which talks about the protection of activities among employees that are concerted in nature. In other words, that involve more than one employee working together. Those activities uh, where they are in involved in or talking about or engaging in the... the um, um, the top, engaging the topic of terms and conditions of employment. So concerted activity among employees involving the terms and conditions of employment are protected activities under the National Labor Relations Act. Now, many of you may think of the National Labor Relations Act as it has to do about unions, right? That's union shops and all that stuff. <laughs> and it does. Break it, it to them slowly. Yeah, and it Break is. Break it to them slowly. But the good news or bad news, depending on which side of the table you're on, is that it is not just about unions anymore, and actually never really was. Uh, concerted activity applies whether there's a union in place or not. Those protections, those uh, legal protections are in place for all employees, whether they're in a union shop or just in a, any other uh, unionized in, or non-unionized environment. And it any doesn't matter size. how big, yeah, it doesn't matter how big the company is or how many employees there are. Uh, as long as two or more employees get together and talk about the terms and conditions of employment, uh, that activity, whatever it is, is protected. And that has had some very interesting implications over the years, as <laughs> Pandy well knows. With the onset, the advent of internet communications, you know, sending emails to friends, posting things on Facebook about your job, you know, sending text messages, doing, uh, you know, podcasts. Um, all that kind of highly technological stuff that we do think is so normal now didn't exist back in the days when the National Labor Relations Act came up, but it is included and is certainly part of the Section 7 protections. Yeah, and I think this is where the confusion comes in for, for many of the companies that I talked to. I'm still going through handbooks and finding the comments, you know, do not talk about compensation. Compensation is a confidential um, topic. And then or I'll get someone who's very upset. Well, she's gossiping and she's talking about this and she's telling everybody what she got as, in terms of PTO when she was hired. And let's think about what's going on right now with, with, with hiring and talent management. So many individuals are being brought in from the outside and working side by side with individuals who've been with the company for five or 10 years and making half as much. Right. This right. is not stuff that the employers are excited about finding out on the floor, but right. 
to your point, they can talk about it. Well, and, and how many employers, I, I work with, uh, I'm management side labor relations, I work with companies all the time, and I see handbooks that have provisions in them, as you've indicated, that, you know, uh, you know you're, not, you're prohibited from discussing wages with co-employees, and that type of policy uh, under Section 7 and under all the commentary that the Labor Relations Board has put out over the years is a per se violation of Section 7. You cannot do it. You cannot prohibit your employees from talking among themselves or among anybody, really, frankly, uh, uh, about wages, about benefits. It is their right to do so. Uh, And why is that the case? Well, the idea behind the Labor Relations Act is that you want to encourage employees to act and challenge and ask questions and debate about their workplace conditions. They have the right to do that, and the law wants to protect that. You know, it's interesting. I was in a training session with a group of emerging leaders for a, a client, and halfway through the the, the, the session, it, the conversation shifted to compensation. And one started, you know, this is, I haven't had a, an increase in three or four years, and another one, and they're all virtual, mm-hmm. Another one on another screen goes, well, I haven't either. I didn't realize you hadn't. I haven't either. And, you know, I was talking to so-and-so, and all of a sudden my bells started going off going, holy shnikes, they, this is concerted activity. I can't stop this. Yeah. I can't mute it. Yeah. I can try to refocus it. And, and Carl, help the viewers understand how to handle that kind of situation. Well, uh uh, you know, you're right. You can't really prohibit it. You can't stop it. You can deflect it. You can say, well, we're not here to talk about that right now. We got to talk about something else. Let's get back on topic. You know, I mean, how would you normally redirect a conversation that gets off on a tangent, I suppose? But, but you know, what you do not want to do is you don't want to penalize, discipline, terminate, of all things, somebody who's engaged in that behavior, because what you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up committing an unfair labor practice, and that is a problem. So, um, you know, you 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 can insist that when you have a meeting, people stay on topic. You can insist that when you have a meeting, people are focused on the the tasks at hand, and if they get off on tangents, you have the right to redirect them, keep them on task. But you're stepping into dangerous territory when you begin to penalize someone for raising issues about terms and conditions of employment anytime you do that. So emotions always get high when somebody's on Facebook mm-hmm. or somebody's on Instagram, and more so on Facebook because you can get that instant response. But an employee gets on there and says, well, I can't believe I didn't get a raise this year, and someone else got a 2% or 3% or whatever it is, and starts the disgruntlement mm-hmm. in social media. Mm-hmm. Help our viewers understand when it is concerted activity and when it is not concerted activity on social media. Well, uh, you know, that is a, a challenging question. Um, when you post something on Facebook, you're posting it to, you know, depending on how you're posting it, you could be posting it to the entire world. It could be just a, a, a random comment thrown out into the ethos for people to react to or not, uh, you know, doing that without any kind of concerted activity with another employee is probably not protected. On the other hand, you might have a Facebook group that is predominantly coworkers and, uh, or even your, your, your general Facebook 
feed. I'm not quite sure how that works, but uh, it might be predominantly coworkers. And then you post that knowing that a lot of other coworkers are going to see it and respond and react to it. That's a very different thing. That is probably protected. So it does matter, I think, how you use Facebook, the extent to which Facebook incorporates and pulls in other coworkers, and and to some degree, I think what your intentions are as well probably matter. Well, and the biggest um, instinct that I see with employers is, well, we got to tell her to take that down. We got to tell her that you know she can't be doing that, and and they can't. No, they really can't. I mean, uh, well, first of all, it's it's you know it's going to be a question how. The, the company got access to that information in the first place, that in and of itself might be a problem mm-hmm. because there's some laws about, you know, how much access employers are allowed to have regarding private mm-hmm. Facebook posts, even public Facebook posts in some cases are, are protected. Again, we won't go down that, necess- uh, that uh, rabbit hole, but uh, yeah, it's going to depend. Uh, and, and you, you do have to be very, very careful about that. And I would generally advise employers to hands off, mostly back off. Now it doesn't mean an, an employee can get, go out on Facebook and start posting uh, confidential proprietary trade secret information belonging to the company, stuff that isn't public, things that the public shouldn't know or, or the company doesn't want to know, financial data that wouldn't be otherwise public. You know, those kinds of things can be, uh, can be regulated by the employer and posting that without authorization can be subject to discipline. It can result in disciplinary action, including termination. So there are lines that, that do exist over which an employee is not allowed to step, but Beyond that, terms and conditions of employment is protected. We had one situation where an individual employee was on a client site, and the conditions there that he was working in were not what he considered to be safe. I wasn't there, didn't see it, but he started voicing the opinions to the other employees about the condition that he was having to work in. And remember, a condition of of, uh, work could even be a pothole in your parking lot. I was at a client the other day, and two people had tripped and fell in, at a, in, a, in a pothole. Mm-hmm. And so the employees were upset about the condition of the parking lot. And I thought, just fill it. I mean, just fill it, and the conversation will go away. Right. But these things are these are conversations that get people disgruntled and upset and fall right into what the National Labor Relations Board is trying to, to protect. Right. Safety, safety. Conditions are are central to that. Uh, obviously, one of the terms and conditions of your employment involve safety uh, and and uh, risk, right? And uh, my gosh, what would the world be like if employees weren't allowed to complain about <laughs> safety conditions? You know, um, uh, now there are lines around everything, but uh, certainly that's central to the intention behind Section 7 is to, is to allow and, in fact, encourage that kind of uh, sharing of information. Absolutely. Now, the gentleman who gets upset because his, his um, annual review did not go as well as he had hoped and starts calling everybody names and yelling and screaming and getting irate, but yet no one, everybody else is just standing there watching him, that's not... Yeah, uh, that's probably a little different. Um, you know, when you look at the rules as they're interpreted by the labor board, the labor board gives employees a fair amount of leeway when it comes to reacting to 
perceived injustice in the workplace. Uh, and sometimes that involves behavior that most of us wouldn't always consider to be appropriate. The labor board might say, yeah, that's still protected because, you know, it's a complaint, it's a it's an issue. Now, there are, again, there are lines around that as well. Uh, uh, behavior that is designed to uh, intimidate, to, to threaten, to uh, harm another person, uh, those are not uh, protected concerted activities designed to address the realistic terms and con- or the actual terms and conditions of employment. Those are personal vendettas. Those are acts of retribution in some cases. And and f- but sometimes drawing that distinction isn't always easy. So uh, the, you know, uh, lots of examples of that. And some step over the line, some don't. In most cases, if you have a situation like that, it's a really good idea to reach out to your legal advisor or to your human resources consultant, sort of walk through where that line should be drawn. Uh, in many cases, I think employers will be surprised to find that the activity is probably still protected. And, and that's the sad part is that these rules are changing by the day um, much faster now than they were a few years ago. And with all the different things that are going on in, in the world today, Don't take any chances, viewers. If you have a question, Carl's more than happy to take your call. Tell him you saw him and heard him here on the podcast of The Human Resource. And send in your recommendations for the next topic you'd like to have him come back and talk about. Because I just love having him on the show. For all of those of you who keep coming back, thank you. And I love to get your comments. Take care.